everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Two Brothers, One Mike, Season 6, Episode 3. Today we have with us once again Dr. Nicole Rentilla. Dr. Tony, how are we doing today? Good. <laughs> yeah, me and Joe, we've been going through this a lot lately. And now, now that every time we have an interview, and we did this with our gastroenterologist who comes on the show, uh, Dr. Becky Natrajan, um, we never know. As soon as Joe asks both people at the same time, how are you doing? It's a face-off. It's a standoff. Who's going to go first? So everything... <laughs> So I always tell our guests, and I, there's something we forgot in uh, pre, you know, before we recorded, to let Doctor Nicole know you go first when he asks how are you doing instead of that. It. Yeah, just uh, I, I didn't, I didn't forget. I always like putting him on the spot, and he just sits yeah. there and looks like a deer in headlights. And so <laughs> you know, I, yeah, yeah. Sooner or later, we're going. Well, yeah. Well, our repeating guests will understand. It's gonna, it's going to be the new ones. I have to remember to remind. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> All fun and games aside, how are you doing, Dr. Rentella? I'm great. I'm so happy it's nice out now and um, summer's yeah. on its way. Yeah. Uh, for everyone who, and we always date the show, um, uh, for everybody who's trying to figure out, well, when are, where are we? It's it's May of 2023. So if you're listening to this show in December of 2028, you may think, wow, where's she at? Uh, that it's nice out and summer's on the way. But um, so that's the that's the beauty of podcasting. Uh, it's like a Rolodex, ladies and gentlemen. You can just these shows are in there forever, and you just spin them like the like the. I always want to say the word fortune, but it's more like the Price is Right, Will Joe. Uh, and you can just find any episode, all six seasons. Here we are, season six, episode three. Doctor Rotilla has been with us now. I want to say seven or eight times. Every time she's back now, Joe. I uh, the song in in my head that I if I could rap. If I could sing, uh, would be Eminem song. Guess who's back? Uh, Dr. <laughs> Nicole is back. Uh, th- that would be kind of cool. Uh, but that's, I like that you could, you could introduce me and like play that as I like wave out, like slim shady's back. That's that we could do. That. I don't know. <laughs> Joe, is that a copyright issue? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, it would have, I don't to know. Be- and, and she's right, Tony, that's slim shady, not slim Jim. And he I- was never, he was never on the Chronicles. Just, just wanted a, just a little throwback to last. Whatever. Week. I, so I'm, I'm never going to live this down. Doctor Dre, Doctor Dre's album, The Chronic. I called it The Chronicles in the last uh, episode. Oh, oh, Tony, no, no. And and, he, and me being an '80s, '70s, '80s, '90s guy. Well, they're they're that just shows you I'm not a '90s guy. Uh, but I call it The Chronicles, like like of Nanya, uh, instead no. of Chronic. And I'm a huge Dr. Dre fan. It's the godfather of rap as far as I'm concerned. So I'm never going to live that down. Dr. Dre, if you're no. watching this, my apologies to you. Um, to you and Snoop and everybody else. Uh, that's a 50 set. Every, who else is on that? Uh, is Tupac? Part of there. You sure you're not that, that Tupac Slim Jim? No. Snoopy? Snoopy the dog? No. Let me tell you something. I am an Half dollar. Half dollar. I'm, I'm an avid listener of those gentlemen so sure sure even try it <laughs> we're trying but but we're back guess who's back two brothers one mike and uh before we get into what today's show is all about dr rentilla obviously uh anybody who follows you uh when you're on this show we always ask the same question in the beginning because we want to get this out there to everybody and we have yeah. some some great news uh a second recipient now for the rentilla foundation um, your second recipient of this particular award now, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. 
Yes, we have grown and expanded, and we gave out a scholarship in my dad's honor um, at LeBray High School, which he will point out to you was Levittsburg when he graduated at Sal LeBray. Um, and what I wanted to do is this started because I wanted to start something in memory of my mother and sister. And then if losing them has taught me anything, it's that it's so important to share love with people while they're still here. So I wanted to do something in my dad's honor while he was still here, where he could still see how the foundation is helping people. And he even said to me, he goes, shouldn't you wait till, you know, and I said, no, it's, you know, I think we have to honor people now. So just last week, we gave away the first William Rantilla um, honorary scholarship at Libray to Kennedy Sanderson. And the next day, we gave the Sharla Rantilla Memorial Scholarship at Gerard Sidney Rice. Um, and they are two young um, high school graduates who are about there to go, about to go change the world. Sydney's going to major in sports psychology and American Sign Language, and Kennedy is going to ma- major in biomedical engineering. So, we had a bright future ahead of us, thanks to um, these graduates. Well, congratulations to them on their uh, receiving these particular awards, these scholarships, and congratulations to you for continuing. Uh, to grow what is something that is a passion and is very close to you, very close to your heart when it comes to the purpose behind the Rentilla Foundation. Um, Again, folks, like we always do, we're going to put the links in the description of this particular episode of our podcast so that you can check out what the Rentilla Foundation is all about. Maybe donate um, or ask questions. Can Can they actually reach out to you if they have questions about the foundation? Oh my gosh, anytime. So we have a Facebook page, Rantilla Scholarship Foundation. And then we have our website, which is linked through the uh, web, uh, the Facebook page. You can donate via Venmo. You can donate um, just through Zelle to me directly. But, you know, I want people to understand what it's about. And I want people to know that it's out there. Um, next year is going to be a big year for us. I'm already thinking about it. Um, we didn't have enough skilled trades applicants to do that. What other one that's a dream for me. So what I'm going to do next year is work directly with Mahoning um, County Career Technical Center and Trumbull County. And we're going to do it directly with them to any student who is currently in a trade program, graduating with their certificate or pursuing a further one. And I want to name that one in honor of Tim Nash who, if you recall, is the gentleman who gave us that seed money to start that. So that money is still sitting there, and I'm just going to go direct to the source next year. So already next year, I want to grow with the trade, Skilled Trade Scholarship and also want to share in high school in my mother's memory, which I think is a great community. Um, there's a lot of deserving students over there as well. Absolutely. Um, and again, and I've we've done this before, and uh, we can't say enough. Mr. Tim Nash, thank you once again for uh, what you've done for the Rentilla Foundation. I know that Dr. Rentilla is extremely appreciative. Obviously, yes. you can see that. Uh, and so it never goes um, uh, unchecked. Or uh, we, we, we completely uh, appreciate uh, your, your donation to the Rentilla Foundation. So folks, right. check it out. Check it out. Click on the link, follow the Facebook page, and check out the website and see what it's all about. And donate to a fantastic cause uh, that Dr. Nicole Rantilla has started. There's a uh, psychiatrist, and I believe she's in Delaware, Claire Mann, Dr. Claire Mann. And she's uh, Australian, but lives in Delaware. And 
she talked about being late and what was acceptable and unacceptable. And she talked a little bit about the personality issues where we talk mm -hmm. about type A personality and how they view being late and type B personality. Maybe could we first of all, maybe point out what type A and type B personality, what that means? What is that? So these uh, concepts have been around for a long time. Type A is typically referred to as somebody who is pretty driven, goal-oriented, um, you know, really task-oriented and really focused sometimes on deadlines and timing. And um, it, I'm absolutely 100% type A. Type A is also at the highest uh, risk of heart attacks, which is, you know, um, and type B are, type B are the people who are who tend to be have a more laid-back attitude that, um, you know, you, you can still be like goal-oriented as type B, but they kind of view things as less of a time pressure and things like that. So type Bs tend to get the um, bad rap sometimes of being lazy or not caring, just like type As are called like, you're so neurotic, calm down. And when really there's pros and cons to both. Yeah, well, it, I, I, we talked about uh, a really good friend of mine, a buddy of mine, a brother of mine, basically growing up uh, and still is till this day. And I was joking about growing up in high school, you know, some of the, mm -hmm. he was, he's very laid back, but very successful, um, very successful in his career. Now, uh, he was very successful in college, uh, but so laid back and just as cool as the other side of the pillow and doesn't get frazzled, uh, mm -hmm. by being a couple minutes late here or there. And so what is it about when, when does it become a problem? for a type B personality, because for him, it's not really ever been a problem. He's always been able to complete a task, get the job yeah. done. And he's a very well-liked individual. Um, very hard to get mad at him. He He's a, just a classy guy, class act, just yeah. not worried about being a few minutes late here or there. So, so when is it a problem with your type B personality? I think it can be a problem for type Bs if you're with a bunch of type As, you know, who people who really have a hard time with not adhering to time management and things like that. And I think that for a type B, you might have that come up um, just like, say, it might be more of an issue at work as opposed to socially or things like that. So I think a lot of it depends, just like time respectiveness is a very cultural thing. Um and I noticed when I was in Europe, if you said, you know, nobody made reservations. And if you said six, people would show up at seven and nobody was frazzled. Here's me. I'm thinking, is that rude? Um, but it's very culturally bound, not only, you know, America versus Europe versus Asian, but also culturally in terms of what is the culture of your group, you know? Um, and I think also when you genuinely know somebody, like I had a dinner party for my friend Heather's birthday the other day, and I said, come over at six. And when Gina showed up at um, 6.45, she let me know she was all frazzled. Heidi shows up at a different time. But we know each other. and We know that there's no disrespect in that. So I think sometimes within that a certain group, if, if you know the person well enough, you know that there's no disrespect there. Yeah. It, for people that, and I guess, the, you, boy, the personalities play a big role here when you talk about type A, mm -hmm. type B. Um. What hey, so boy? Let's. I, I guess I have to give examples here because uh, if if everybody in the room is type B, they may not view this as as something bad. But let's let's. They may not. 
Yeah. Let, let's assume type A. That's where you're going. You're going to a gathering, mm-hmm. be it social, be it work-related, and you're showing up with a lot of type A. And let's say that this is something that happens once or twice a month, a meeting, let's just say. Mm-hmm. What is the message that you are sending to a type A personality when you are consistently late time and time again? What what message does that seem to be sending to these individuals? Well, I think that you have to be mindful that if it's a repeated pattern for something that does have more, like, for instance, I said a dinner party. A dinner party is more relaxed and loose compared to a work meeting. I think what you risk there is giving the impression that you don't respect other people's time or that you value your time as more important. Um, And I know, for instance, yoga is supposed to be relaxed and things like that. But in, in the yoga world where I teach, we're very mindful that your time that you've committed is important, that we want to begin class on time, we want to end class on time, because we know that yoga is a big part of your life, but that you have other parts and we don't want to stand in the way of you um, meeting other things that may be important to you. So I think that's what you risk. But again, when you, if you know somebody more, the, you know, three dimensionally versus just this one aspect of them, I think that's what helps buffer it. For Okay. So yeah, I, I definitely, I could see where you're coming from there because especially, um, boy, job interviews, really not the time to be late. Uh, no. Yeah. I don't even, and, and this is just my opinion. Even if I know the individual that I'm going to be interviewing, uh, if it is something that is, you know, work related and something that is a passion of the other individual. So if yeah. I'm going to interview somebody to come o- come aboard and uh, be a colleague of mine to help me train a group of athletes uh, on Mondays and Thursdays, I'm just throwing out two days as an example. And I've known this individual for 20 years and they're a professional trainer. And I say, well, we're going to sit down and have an interview process and make sure that this Mm -hmm. is a good fit. And the person who I've known for 20 years shows up 15 minutes late just because they know me. That would bother me um, a a little bit. I I mean, so I guess there's there's so many different sets of circumstances. So it's knowing the person and how well you know them. It's also, again, I think context is important. Um, if I said, I'm going to the park, I'll be there, you know, like, come join me if you want to for a walk. That's different than we have a board meeting, we have a work meeting, we have a podcast, things like that. Um, so I think it's also, we're asking people who might be late to also have the flexibility to know, like know your audience basically. And I think that's pretty key right there is, um, you know, if you're five minutes late to, you know, meet me at Stonebridge for dinner, um, but you're usually not late, I'm going to assume, oh, like traffic or whatever. Um, And I will tell you as a psychologist, I always know the clients that I have time to make a phone call in between clients because they're late and the ones that I don't even have time for a restroom break because they're early. I could list off right now my on-time, early, and late clients. And, you know, but I also know them... I know them holistically enough, so I know it's not personal, but we talk about it. Yeah, and well, maybe that that works out to your benefit to a certain extent, because now you know how to schedule your day. This is when I can run out and grab something because I know this person is going to be 15 minutes late because I know that the next person that's coming after them is going to be 15 minutes early. I, I don't know if that works out. I'm trying to look at the class <laughs> half full here is what I'm trying you to do. Can. 
So there's um, a, I, there's another perspective that I want to offer um, in in a, in a you know 2023, and we're talking about neurodivergence and neurodiversity. And I want to add that um, for a lot of my clients who may be on the autism spectrum, ADHD, a learning disorder, um, even depression or anxiety, that not everybody has the same orientation to time. And sometimes that's acute, like they're depressed and they're just really not having a, a doing well, keeping track of time. Um, also, individuals who are newer, neurodiverse, they tend to lack the ability, um, honestly, just neurologically and biologically to multitask. So whereas me as a neurotypical may be like, I went for a run before I did this. I was monitoring the time. How much time should I go any further? Should I not? I want to make sure I get some water and then log on. Um, sometimes people who have that one track mind, they're like, oh, I have plenty of time. And they, they forget to track time while they're doing what they're doing. They end up being late for that reason. And it only sometimes can even add to how frazzled they feel. And so part of therapy is we talk about time management goals. So sometimes you also have to realize that the person may not want to be late, may not want to mismanaging time. It's part of a condition they're dealing with. And and it kind of reminds me of in the episode that Joe and I did, um, just off the cuff, two guys talking with a microphone in front of us. Um there was something that came up that uh, Dr. Claire Mann had brought up in her in her teachings in her uh, seminars, and it kind of relates to what you were just talking about. She called it planning fallacies, and this is basically when you set times as to how long. And um, I'll give the example that that I had in my head. Um, uh, John Doe is going to pick up five friends and then has to go to a meeting with these five friends. In 30 and it's it's 30 minutes away from where they're at and he has this fallacy in his head that he can leave his house at a certain time regardless of knowing the distance that he's going to have to travel before they even make right make their way to the meeting so he's got the 30 minutes in his head but forgets about the fact that it's going to take 15 minutes to pick everybody else up and 100%. so yeah and they say that type b personality that's one of the things that they attach it to. I have a uh, I, I have a magnet that I use for my children's um, if they if they did not do a very good job on a test. Okay, and it literally says now this was something that that was used not in the same uh, predicament, but as a young child, <laughs> I remember this magnet on my parents on their refrigerator. It said, "The hurrier I go, the behinder I get." And it's so true. And, and, and that's exactly what it is. It's like, we want to hurry, 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 hurry. But you know, then you're missing stuff. Then you're walking out the door. You forgot things and you show up and yeah, like, <laughs> nothing like showing up for a birthday party card sitting, sitting on the kitchen table right you now. And, and that has happened more than once. How many times could you try to give everybody out the door? So, you know, I think it, I think it just looks mm -hmm. true. And I've, I've always held it because, <clears throat> because they've been careless on their tests with, you know, through a number somewhere, like it's an obvious issue. They were so quick to get the test done uh -huh. that they blew it. And so I would, I would, that goes, the A's and B's that I expect don't go up on the refrigerator. I expect that. That's a good job. When they <laughs> screw up a test though, that's what goes up there. When everybody, look what they, so it, 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 it's sort of a bit of motivation, but the magnet adds a little, a little touch, a little grava, well, what is it? Gravitat? What is it? Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. Gravitat yes. to the, to the test paper that this child, uh, 
was in a hurry with their work. My two cents. Anyways. I like it. <laughs> um, what, oh, I almost did it, Joe. I almost, I almost just said with that being said, just like completely disregard everything Joe just said, ladies and gentlemen, but with those fantastic points that Joe just made. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I want to ask this question. What are the causes? There was one interesting, uh, I, I almost want to stick to one cause. And then if Dr. Rentilla, if you want to add more to it, but the one thing that I saw in several of the different documents that I read and in some of the videos that I watched, abandonment came up a lot when it came to people who are consistently late, that during their younger years, there's uh, abandonment in one way or another, whether it was friendship, whether it was relationships, for, be it parental, be it siblings, people that were supposed to be somewhere for them at a certain time that consistently were not showing up on time. It's almost like they're trying to subconsciously get back at the world for what they went through when they were younger in all these processes. Have you ever heard anything like that before or ever studied anything like that? No, when you brought that up, that was a new one to me. And I can see where people are coming from, kind of like, I mean, not everyone internalizes trauma and abandonment differently, of course. But I think, you know, one of the patterns that emerges from trauma and or abandonment is sometimes even a sense of entitlement or I'm going to do it my way. Um, and the person may consciously or subconsciously be late. Um, you know, and again, there's, I could talk all day for hours about why people are late. It could be a sense of entitlement. It could be a sense of wanting to walk in and make an entrance after everybody else because of the attention. It could be lack of time management, at the, you know, and, and ultimately it comes down to that, you know, people are going to be, they're going to act out their unconscious and conscious wishes um, all the time. And self-awareness is the key. You know, some people you could say, you're late all the time and it bothers me. And they'll say, accept me for who I am. And there's another person you could say, you know, you've really been late a lot. And they would say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I will work on it. You know? Yeah. Um, that's some very interesting points right there. And that what you just talked about was not talked about in um, the research that I was looking at or that me and Joe talked about. So anybody who's listening to the show today, uh, as Joe may include the link, I don't even know if you have to include the link, Joe, to the particular episode where we talked about being late. All that you have to do is scroll back. I don't care what platform you're on literally four or five shows and there it is yeah but people are people are lazy i know they appreciate it i'll, I'll put it in there people are well you just lost five viewers calling everybody lazy uh, the other ones are laughing because it's true so i you know, true. nobody it wants to go true. looking through stuff they just want to right there and they've got agree. no problem doing it i, I do like for them um and that was definitely though that, that uh, the the cause of abandonment was the one thing i did want to address what about uh before we go to an ad from our sponsor what about parenting? Is it something that it's a learned behavior growing up where they were always late and we watch this so we feel that we can always be late? Is that something that can happen? I think that's huge. I think we learn a lot of our attitudes toward and like social attitudes and customs from our parents. Sometimes you'll have people who say, my parents were always late and I was always embarrassed. So that's why I'm never late. You'll have people kind of do it the other way. Um, but a lot of times we like, I think our society as a whole, and I know we'll talk about it a little bit, but 
is kind of like, if it was good enough for me, it's good enough for, you know, for me when I was a kid, it's good enough for my kids. Or if it's good enough for my parents. And, you know, I mean, I think there's some value in that. I also think that if you take that too liberally, then you lose track of self-awareness, you know, so, but I do think that families set customs. I mean, how many times do I have a client come in and say, this is what we do on Christmas. I hate it, but it's just what we do. And then, you know, we talk about, should we talk to families? And and everyone's like, I hate it too. And people were just doing it. So, So. yeah. And it's, it's interesting that you bring that up um, because it's just, it's ironic. We did a show on parenting right after the show, right after the episode where we talked about being late. And again, during that show, when we were talking about parenting, we were talking about the differences between parenting in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, all the way up until present day. And what were some of the causes of that? And once again, your name came up uh, where we have several questions we would like to get a professional's opinion on. And we're going to do that, ladies and gentlemen. But don't go anywhere. We're going to hear from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Two Brothers, One Mike is sponsored by Kitchen Apps, perfectly prepared portions. Hey, Youngstown area listeners, I know we've talked about Kitchen Abs in the past and all they have to offer in food prepping services and protein pancake mixes, but there's another great product they offer we had to let our listeners know about, their own name brand seasonings. They've got a huge selection to choose from as well. Turkey, taco, tomato basil, Baja citrus fajita, barbecue rub, blackened seasoning, as well as steak and meat seasons. And that's just to name a few. You know my favorite part? Besides all of the flavors, of course. It's that they're all low sodium, made with no fillers and MSG free. Know what else is great about them? You can order them right from the Kitchen Abs website. Just go to www.kitchenabs.com. Click on store and choose the flavors of your choice. Again, that's kitchenabs.com. Now back to our podcast. Welcome back, everybody. So in the first segment of today's show with Dr. Nicole Rentella, we were getting her professional opinion on what it's all about when it comes to being late, type A personality, type B personality, um, what some of the circumstances are, what may some of the causes be. And we didn't really talk about solutions, but maybe we'll talk about that closer to the end of the show today. Uh, And we started talking about parenting right before we went to our ad segment. And uh, Joe, there was something you wanted wanted to add here. Well, not just so much about the parenting, but the idea of, is this something that could be passed down? You know, this, this whole idea about being late. And I think what happens is just to kind of piggyback off of what Doc was saying there. Um, you know, if you have the the kind of parent who is telling you, uh, look, nobody's going to hurry for you, you know, take your time. You don't have to, you don't have to, nobody minds if you're a couple minutes late, you know, and, and this person starts to not only is, does it become a thought, now it becomes a behavior, now it becomes a philosophy. Mm-hmm. Now it's something that they're going, guess what? What do you think they're going to teach their kids? Ah, uh, you don't have yeah. to, people, people will, they'll, they'll show you some, they'll, they'll show you some grace. You can, what are they going to do? What are they, uh, you know, and, and, and it becomes this thing. It's, it's, uh, uh, that is which not, that which is not transformed gets transferred on and on and on to the next child. And and it goes beyond, of course, just being late, but it definitely applies here. If you have a, a parent who's doing this and they have this lackadaisical parenting style, it's going to carry on and that child's going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, because now they actually have their parent that is 
uh, uh, confirming, right? Confirming uh, yeah, what, what they're 100%. thinking. And so now they have this, they, they have the, the, um, um, acceptance of their, mm-hmm. of their adults as well, of their, of their, of their parents. And so of course they're going to pass that down as well. Yeah. So, and we tend to, especially children, they, we tend to kind of put more weight on, you know, the words, the, you know, consent, the affirmations of people that we admire. So, or we look up to. We, we, in the show we did about parenting, uh, it was basically talking about the amount of change from the 1940s where we, where we classify that group as the greatest generation ever um uh our grandparents uh and the parenting style where they were raising the baby boomers uh then the baby boomers as we get into the the hippie generation um and then into the 70s where women became very empowered uh in the 70s and 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 how that changed the the um the household because both parents were working uh mm-hmm. rather than the stereotype of mom was the at home, doing everything to take care of the home and the children. Dad was at work making the money uh, to make sure that everybody was provided for with a roof over their head and food on the table. And that that slowly went away as we got into the 80s. Um, and, and we talked about just so much change. And what I always wonder is, are there studies out there that talk about why they're the why we've changed the way we have in terms of parenting style over me and Joe gave our ideas of what we feel may be mm-hmm. good and what may be bad uh, as things have changed in the year 2023, as opposed to 1965, 1975, 1985. Are there actual studies out there? I never actually looked to see that. There are studies or longitudinal studies on different parenting practices um, I actually wrote my dissertation on an aspect of that. Um, and a huge factor that you have to think about is, is that just by virtue of time passage, we know more now than was known in 1940, 1950, because we have the benefit of more rigorous research as that became more practice. We have a broader ability to disseminate information than in the past. I mean, we could look how much we can share with the click of a button right now as opposed to in the past. Um, So more people are getting college degrees and getting educated to continue these studies. So that alone is a, the fact that we can study this is humongous in, in terms of this. And so I think, you know, and I have a lot of opinions on this that aren't just actually my opinions, clinical um, expertise about certain things, um, whether it's corporal punishment or authoritative parenting or authoritarian parenting or permissive parenting. Um, and that's been the result of a lot of these studies is kind of talking about different types of parenting and which ones tend to have more optimal results. Um, and there's no one size fits all, aside from, of course, like corporal and harsh and abusive punishment. Of course, that fits no one. Um, but, you know, a huge factor is temperament and, you know, culture. And when I keep using the word culture, again, it's our culture or ethnicity. It's also the climate that we're in. Um, and I think, you know, to sum it up, I think a huge thing we have to remember is that no two kids are alike, no two families are alike. Um, 
I know that what worked with me didn't always work with my sister and vice versa. You know, you guys have kids and, and you get that. And I think that um, what we know now is that if parenting has some flexibility um, to meet your your individual child's needs and your family's needs, that, that you tend to have more success. And so I'm going to ask a question, but I'm, I'm going to give an example and I'm going to put myself out there uh, when I give the example. The question is, do you have clients that come to you now where the parent struggles with modern day type of authoritarian, like, I don't, I don't mean, uh, um, so, so disciplinary action, the parent today struggles with the different types of disciplinary action that are taken today, as opposed to how they were raised. Let me give you an example. I have a major issue with the timeout, uh, in the corner. It, it's, it, and I, I, I struggle with it. I can't, I try, I've tried, try it, but I don't like the time out. Um, and I, I, I guess I'm, I guess I have to accept the fact that it's because it's not the way we were raised. Um, mm -hmm. what, what is your advice to people when they come to you who, if you have clients like this that have these, yeah. uh, you know, making that transition? So, I mean, I have a couple of thoughts on it and, you know, sometimes you'll see on social media, you know, like um, kids today aren't afraid like I was, and that's kind of the belt and this and that. And so what I do have to say about that is we know more than we used to about physical types of punishment. I was thanked as a kid, my sister definitely a lot more. She was the free-spirited one. I was the rule follower. Um, and what we know now is that um, kids tend to interpret it as aggression towards them and have a difficult, they don't have the cognitive capacity to link I did this, so this is what happened. Um, and so we know that kids, I mean, our brain is still growing up until 25. So what we know now is most kids aren't able to make that link. And for many kids, it actually creates more anxiety. And so I always say, we know better, so let's do better. So even if you turned out to be a fine, amazing person and were spanked, it doesn't mean that's the right fit for your child. Um, and I know, again, speaking of cultures, you know, having worked various places in the country, I, I've seen different you know, practices there. Also, um, you know, we know how valuable it is to understand your child, their self-esteem and their psyche. And my dissertation focused on using temperament as a mod moderating variable, because when I was honing in on that, I thought of how if you looked at me sideways, I was cowering and worried I disappointed you. You could stand over my sister and scream at her and she'd be like, anything else, like totally unfazed. So you have to know what works for your child. And the reason why timeout has come into favor, for instance, is because it gives children a chance. And it does, is it one size fits all? Of course not. But it gives many children a chance to reflect. I don't like standing in the corner. That's pointless. It sets up a child for failure because then they're like, I'm out of the corner. I'm in the corner. I'm on the chair. I'm off the chair. Like, I'm kind of more of a fan of just like take some apart time and everybody calm down. It tends to de-escalate, um, you know, and, and again, I'm, I'm a big fan of it because it teaches children that you don't have to fight to the death on an issue that you can take time apart and come back with cooler heads. And I like to take a break when I'm overwhelmed. And I learned that um, through asking for space and from being sent to my room and knowing that that felt better. Um, so, 
again, there's just really no one size fits all. It's more, you know, what feels right to you as a parent that's going to have not just short-term results, but long-term results. And what is most effective with your child? Because, you know, there's a lot of kids I work with who are snapped right into line when their phone's gone because they want it back. <laughs> yeah, the the phone, you know, so with with changing times, it that's and I think Joe Joe's nodding uh, in agreement. Yeah. Um the phone is something that we use as a um but it's also um uh, a situation where you, you have to watch, I think. Uh and mm-hmm. if, if I'm uh, maybe I'm wrong, but you have to watch for how long. In other words, if you threaten to take the phone away for two months based yeah, on the behavior it's not a good idea because um i i i blurted that out one time uh and that did not work out well at all because there was a situation where uh my eldest needed that phone for a good reason yeah. and now all of a sudden i got to give that phone back and so that punishment went right out the window Plus, I don't know that 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 long of a period of time they figure out a different way uh, to 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 carry on with their lives without the phone. So, how does that work? Well, I'll tell you a hack for that because every parent in the history of parenting has overpunished and and then thought, "How do I walk that back?" Um, and so, what I tell parents when they come in and say, "I took the phone away for six months." Or I grounded him for six months. I don't want to be stuck with him for six months. Uh, I remember. Here's a funny. Yeah. So, um, one time we ran out of gas coming home from, of all places, we went to the circus and Struthers. And I think it was because it was my year. And my mom was like mad. I was 15 minutes late. And she said, I'm, but then. I had, you know, track and I had meetings and yearbook. So after two days, she just goes, um, I think I le- you learned your lesson. Here's your keys back. Um, and I'll never forget it because it was just real. It was funny because, again, total rule follower here. But the way to be- I think sometimes when you overpunish and you kind of catch yourself is to say, you know, I really thought about what you what happened, what happened between us. And I'd like to give you an opportunity to earn your phone, your, you know, car back sooner than what we talked about. Um, and kind of give them some things to work on and say, you know, we can talk about two weeks instead of two months if you can do X, Y, Z. And I think that's a good way to show that you're willing to recognize their effort. So I like doing that. Yeah. So so I'm definitely uh, going to take notes here. Uh, let me let, yeah. let let me offer a little bit on that too, Tony. There's because I know we're we're both iPhone families. Uh, one really nice thing that I've had on everyone now, now my youngest does not have a phone. She has an iPad though. Um, but I have them set up in such a way where you can click one button and have instant restriction of everything that is, you know, the, the, the all Bye. the fun stuff, <laughs> all the Robux gone. Well, that's gone. Anyhow, took it off. Minecraft gone. Um, anything from the app store gone deleting or or anything with like i have it to where i've by the click of a button i can make it to where all you have that for now is learning and that's it you know and and or if, if they you, have practice they didn't call you because right. that's the other problem my my 13 year old will be at basketball and you need a phone you know he needs to, to make a phone plus we use that to track him 
we know where he's at at all times. He understands that that's not really his phone and you know, this is the way it all works. But all that said, yeah, we learned real early in the game. You can't, you know, uh, you're going to punish yourself. You got to be careful. You don't punish yourself when you, when you try to uh, uh, give some consequences, Um, you know, but I found, you know, just even certain apps that, that are out that they are really into just, just removing those, just the, that one app that they're really, okay, that's gone. What's next? That, because they're, they're, listen, their devices are filled with apps. Like you could sit there and just take one away at a time and you never run out of options and they still have their device to keep themselves busy. And now everybody's happy. That's the way it works. Now with the 13 year olds, I know with mine, and I'm sure this is an issue with yours as well, because he also likes to go to the rec center and there's things that he likes to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Pash app has a credit card, a reloadable credit card for kids where parents have an adult account and they make this, you know, okay, it's excellent. I have full access to it. It's kind of funny. Right now, what's going on with our government, the stuff that we're talking about with FedNow and all this craziness, well, you could literally do this with your child where it should be, where you could you could just cut off their funds. <laughs> you know? I mean, the, the money, my, my point here is this money is an excellent motivator, and they're at that age now where it actually matters. When they were younger and you told them that cost $5, they're like, whatever. They didn't and care. They didn't know. May as well be, May as well be 50. But now that they have some sort of idea of what that money means and you're telling them, hey, listen, you ain't going to get an allowance or, you know, you break this. <laughs> like, all I got to do is hit one button and transfer it back to my account. Like, watch yourself. It, it's an excellent motivator, uh, uh, again, now that they're at that age for the older ones, too. So that's the green light, I think, is another one that has a uh, reloadable card that you can use. And those are nice for some people that. Perhaps you have a younger child. No, you're not going to give them a credit card, but that might be the card that you use for their app store or their play store, yeah. or whatever it is. So you can say, hey, listen, you know, this much is going to go onto your account so that you can go ahead. And for that matter, Apple, you could just put it on their Apple account, you know, uh, uh, a certain amount. You can use these different things to, to give them some motivation to do right, or it's an excellent consequence. Well, now you're not getting that money for your, you know, Ro- Roblox uniform or whatever it is. I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I've learned very early on, again, we got to make sure we're not punishing ourselves more than, more than them because they will. Um, I, we've taken all their devices away and then they just play together. Well, really what's yeah. the lesson learned? I mean, That's- it's awesome that they're playing together. That's a great takeaway. However, the consequence that they're supposed to be filling, they ain't filling. It's, no. So, well, learned nothing. one of my favorite things to do is I don't tell, well, I'll encourage parents, don't just blankly take it away. You can say, I, you know, I'm restricting your phone so that you can only text me, which you can do all that stuff that, you know, Joe was talking about. Um, and it's for at least two, it's at least two days and or when you, and you can, I like conditional consequences where the child has to do something to earn it back. Um, And I don't care if it's chores. I don't care if it's, you know, apologize. I don't care. I'm a big fan of of reparation. Like the word we use is reparative um, consequences, because I think that that way you learn something. Yeah. um, It's, it's definitely something that, uh, a lot of 80s kids, you know, 70s and 80s kids have a hard time with because there is a different 
way that we were raised as opposed to how the kids are raised today. And the times have changed. I try to tell people all the time, I'm on, folks, I'm on the clock being very transparent. I'm always trying to learn, Yeah. especially as an older father. Uh, when you have a 13 and a 10 year old and you're 52 years old, that's not the norm. Um, it really isn't. Although people are having kids later on now, they are. uh, it's, it's not the norm, but so you, I, I try to find that old school and mix it in with, with modern day disciplinary action, uh, because you know, it, it's, it's, it is impossible to, to do exactly and raise exactly the way we were raised because technology itself is just changed so much that uh, I was just going to say, we didn't have a rate of what these kids have. We, we had, no. I think you and I had, we had an Atari 2600. That was it. That was, that was the closest right. that we had to technology back then. And I mean, you could easily get, you could easily get, you know, punished yeah. for that. So, but other than go to your room, what else was there? <laughs> I uh, mean, go to your room or you got the licking. I mean, that was it. There you, was no you know, go to your room was always, uh, I, I remember, I think about, I, I think about it now. Go to your room. Wasn't just go to your room. Um, you were led to your room. Uh, I guess you could say, yeah. uh, and the reason why is because of your, you not you, but our mouths as we're being led to our room because we just couldn't help it. Uh, and, <laughs> and so, and our, you know, it, it would start off. I, I remember, uh, boy, I'm, we're going to hear, we're never going to hear the end of this. I, I remember, uh, mom, she would sometimes lay down a harsh punishment, you know, a week in your room and we would work, work it down to three days, uh, probation, <laughs> probation, you might have four, you yeah. might have. not you, not yeah, you, that was your own. No, because when I did things, when, when I did things, I, I, I don't right. know. I lost a whole summer. Okay. I don't know if you remember that one. Huh? Rightfully so. And I got to say rightfully so, but I lost a whole summer the one year. Yeah. There was no, there was no talking anybody down to anything. Oh my. I, I screwed up royal. Yeah. So, I, remember, so I, yeah. I remember seeing you in the window of the bedroom, just staring with your face like it? plastered against the screen. <laughs> just, just the way I could out. get a suntan. I get a suntan for the, through the sunbeams through my window. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, boy, she's gonna. You're, you're don't go over for coffee anytime. Soon. No, no, because what she's gonna do is probably put down in the comments on YouTube exactly what I did. Yeah. Hey, listen, mom, I'm saying I screwed up royal. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. did not say it was undeserved. It yeah. was totally deserved. I, you know, I, 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 I do make. You have to make light of it, and I do make fun of some of the different things now that we use. Like in school now, I remember when my kids would come home and say, I was on orange today. I had no idea what they were talking about. (laughs) So what are you talking about, Jake, that you were on orange today? Well, it's not red, but it was, I said, well, what do you want to be on? Well, I want to be on green. So I started figuring it out. You know, there was yellow, there was, I think blue, I think even blue was in there somewhere. Um, and so I would joke at work, you know, with my boss, he would ask me to do something extra and I would tell him, well, you have to take me off of orange before I go do anything for you. And he would look at me like, what are you talking about? Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, and I, you know, I, I would tell people I, I'm on red at work today. I was on red, but it's just, it, it's hard to, we weren't on red. We were taken to the office and, and, and paddled. And so it's, it's different today. It's definitely there different. was. There was a part of us that was red. 
Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's and obviously Dr. Rentilla today gives a lot of insight as to why, you know, that's not exactly always the way it should work, if ever. And, you know, so many, so many things that can happen when it comes to how kids respond to that. Uh, well, I'll even tell you that the colors have kind of come out of favor a little bit because what's difficult is that, you know, there's a motto, praise in public, punish in private. And some some kids were really reporting, like in, in big studies, major self-esteem deficits because they were on orange and red all the time. And then it almost became an expectation, like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so I know a lot of schools have kind of come away with doing it quite so publicly, um, but still finding a way. I agree with giving children a warning so that because without a warning, how do you know what how to correct the behavior? Um, and especially their children, they don't intuit and lean into implied information the same way. But, um, you know, I think that's that's what's hard. There is no one size fits all. If you told me I was on red, I would never make a mistake again for the, the rest of my life. But then we all know the kids who are like red, whatever, you know. Yeah, I would <laughs> live there. My my nickname would be red. They'd be like, there's red. So <laughs> Indianapolis. Yeah, let me let me ask Doctor Rentel. Let me ask you this question: Based on the high schools we went to, so you, uh, you are a graduate of Girard High School. Uh, we are graduates of Kemmer Memorial High School. Uh, for those of you who are listening in Arizona, Minneapolis, Germany, hello. What is it, Joe? Three percent of our listeners are in Germany. Hello, Germany. Yeah, um, uh, Germany and uh, Japan, uh, Great Britain, Canada. Hello, everybody. Um, and so the high schools that we went to, which are very close to each other in the Mahoning Valley of Northeast Ohio, Steel Mill, Blue Collar, um, a different kind of uh, upbringing to a certain extent um, when it comes to that. So what my question is, when you grow up in a certain culture, in a certain town, a blue collar town, a melting pot, so to speak, as opposed to kids who grow up in a predominantly richer area, um, uh, we, you know, money or, and, and uh, is that, is that where discipline may differ or kids who grew up in a very poor area, a uh, very urban area, the discipline, does culture have a lot to do with the disciplinary action that is taken and how kids are going to perceive it and react to right. it? So culture is a big factor, but actually even bigger than culture is socioeconomic status. And that plays out in, um, you know, who has less education, who is getting, who's committing crimes, ending up in jail more often. If you look at like, for instance, I think we all know that the rate of African-Americans incarcerated far exceeds their actual like proportion of our population. Um, and, and a lot of that boils down to SES and socioeconomic status actually is one of the major determinants of parenting practices. And so in our area, especially when we were younger, predominantly blue collar, um, not everybody went to college, especially like in our parents and our grandparents' generation. There was, you know, and I'm not knocking our valley at all. I don't mean it to ever sound that way, but there was less access to new information. Whereas in a bigger city with more people and more diversity, 
you get, you just have a bigger influx of information just because there's more people. So what you tend to find in, in these like blue collar, even rural towns is you have more of an emphasis on tradition. This is what worked when, for my parents. So it's what works for me versus in different kinds of towns with either more education, more access, and just plain old more people, you have more ideas. And there tends to be more openness to new ideas. So, you know, I even, you know, I'll be honest. So the last two years, I've gone to Gerard's scholarship banquet. Um, And what these guidance counselors do to reinforce these kids to say, you want to study this, look at this scholarship, look at this school, their hands-on involvement it blows my mind away. When I was in high school, it was, if you mess up, you have to go to in-school suspension. And I felt like there was more emphasis on punishing the negative than rewarding the good. You know, and here's my nerd self over there. Like, you know, is there another way to get an A? Like, that's how I was. And I felt like the academic endeavors weren't as reinforced as they are now. And that's a really good thing. Um, these guidance counselors know their students. They know how to support them and make their goals happen. So I'm seeing a lot more positive reinforcement versus um, punishment, which is when you apply a negative consequence to a negative behavior. Or um, what's it? Negative reinforcement is I'm taking something away from you. Um, I, I will. I will concur uh, when it comes to the educational system. And this is my own personal opinion, and I, I share, I think, part of what your opinion is now, as opposed to then. Um, one of the biggest reasons uh, why my uh, youngest is where he's at is because of the educational system and the support system that he is getting at Cam Memorial Elementary School. Uh, as we have talked about before, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan being on the spectrum, um, and, uh, has an, I, you know, an IEP and I cannot express enough how, um, hands on they are in that particular program at the school he goes to, uh, so much different than when I went to school and kids were kind of just written off as, uh, they're just different for some reason. Uh, we don't know what the reason is. We're just going to throw them into the general population yeah. and where they land. Whereas he has made leaps and bounds beyond belief awesome. because of the support system around him. So I definitely, uh, uh, hats off uh, and kudos to the teachers out there who don't get enough credit, I don't think, uh, at times. Even though I get on your cases, uh, jokingly on Facebook, on my personal social media, every time there's a snow day. I know you guys know I'm joking with you, maybe. Uh, and um, it, it's, it's all in fun, really. But yeah, I, I totally agree. It's so amazing how much different it is now uh, when it comes to the support systems from an academic standpoint, uh, as opposed to 30 or 40 years ago. And maybe that has a lot to do with what's going on today as well. I don't know. Um, anything we want to add to the end of this show? I, I could say this. Uh, if, if I wanted to say something here at the end, folks, if you go back and listen to Being Late, that's the title of the show, or Parenting, uh, uh, then versus now, uh, you will notice that today's show, even though it's talking about those two concepts, was a lot more added to than what we talk about. You're not going to hear the same stuff. Dr. Nicola added a lot of her professional opinion, and we added a lot of stuff in this show that we didn't talk about in those two shows. So 
you have three episodes to listen to that are intertwined, but so much different. So you get some time to listen while you're cleaning the house, mowing the grass, a long drive from point A to point B. Those three shows I would definitely combine for sure. The one you're listening to now and the two that Joe's going to provide the link in the description of this podcast. Joe, anything you want to add here at the end? You know, uh, it, well, it had nothing to do with parroting. I think I'm going to save it for another show. Uh, write it down. Uh, yeah. Oh no, it's been on the, it's been on the back of my mind. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll be good for this show. We'll, we'll okay. wait. We'll just wait. Oh, I'm, you better, you better remember that. Write that down right after we get off this show here. <laughs> so do you have it? Any- I'm sorry. Yo, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at, I'm looking at, I'm reading my pencil over here. Dr. Nicole, anything you would like to add is <laughs> we just leave you hanging out there. <laughs> While he um, reads his pencil. <laughs> so one of my favorite concepts to talk about in therapy and yoga and anything that I do is self-awareness. And that's a beautiful common thread between lateness and, you know, parenting that, you know, our, our greatest capacity as humans is the ability to learn from experience. Um And as my dad always says, like he's always, when he was at GM, he's like, I always wanted people who could think and reason and exercise common sense. Self-awareness is so key that don't just do something because that's what you saw. Ask yourself, is this working? Is this effective? Don't just be late because you're always late. Ha ha, I'm late. It's funny. Ask yourself, is this, you know, is this impacting any of my relationships? Is it impacting my job? Um, you know, I, I saw this meme and it said, I'm always late because good things are worth waiting for. And that's totally funny, you know, and, and sometimes that's what we can say at the same time, um, you know, empathy and self-awareness. How does that come across? Is that the person that you want to be? And so just remember to take some time, take some stock during the day, smell the roses, and also ask yourself, you know, have I done something in service of growing and learning today? And I think if we all did that, this world would be a pretty cool place. Awesome. Awesome insight from Dr. Nicole Rentilla today. All right, Joe, take us out of here, Joe. All right. Well, until next week, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, or opinions, you can leave us a message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for new episodes. On behalf of myself, Coach Tony, and Dr. Nicole Rentilla, thanks for listening. All right, everybody out there, be the best you. Again, combine those three shows we talked about. uh, A great listening experience with plenty of content, plenty of content. Uh, Dr. Nicole, as always, thank you. We look forward to seeing you in the future. And Joe, I'm going to tell you right now, okay? I know that I know my birthday. You know my birthday. I know you may not be around for my birthday. You might be out of town that during that. All you got to do is leave that card on the counter. I'll come over and pick it up, all right? Maybe a $25 gift certificate to something. or You just leave that card on the counter. I'll come over and pick it up. You could forget it all you want. I'll come over.